What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we got something a little different for you guys today. I know we've been cranking out game recaps, all of that good stuff, the What's Next series before, which we got to get back into, by the way. I didn't forget about the What's Next series. We still got damn near half the teams to do. I did not forget. Granted, I wanted to get them done before the NBA season started, but life happens, but I will get them done. I promise that. I will get them done. Next up, Detroit. But that's not why we're here today. Today, I brought on a very special guest, Sam Corcoran, a sophomore like myself at Newhouse. He's a guy that I met at Citrus TV, Freshly Squeezed Live, one of the the pre, pre-events pre where uh, you practice, practice your skills, you have to be on camera. And me and him, man, we got up there, and the way that we just bounced off each other, um, the energy, it was great, and I wanted to bring that to the podcast. I was supposed to get him on during the summer, but things fell through, but now he's here, October 28th, damn near, about to be Thanksgiving, but we wanted to make it happen, so we made it happen. Um, today, we talked all about the Golden State Warriors. He's a Oakland native from the Bay Area, and he gives our his perspective on the Warriors, what they are now, how they've kind of evolved over the years from once they started winning that first one in 2015 all the way to now, what it's been like as a fan during that dynastic run, and where does he see them going in the potential future? I mean, in the next 10 years, man, if you want to talk about futures in the NBA, the Warriors got to be pretty high up there. We talk about Jordan Poole, Kuminga, Moses Moody, James Wiseman. Like, they got a squad. They got a squad off the bench, and that bench unit will surely transition to the starting lineup. I think that the Warriors have one of the brightest futures. And I think Sam will agree with me. So we'll get into our conversation about the Warriors. And until then, stay tuned, man. We ain't going nowhere. Here you go. Get some music on for you. Let's go. guys so here we are today with sam corcoran a friend from syracuse university met him at a freshly squeezed live if i remember correctly or maybe sometime at citrus but i feel like we met before definitely doing a few cues countdowns together all that yeah, stuff you know what um, probably man this i miss only <laughs> definitely once i met you at that freshly squeezed live we just had the chemistry instantly and i'm like all right i gotta get you on the podcast at some point it was supposed to happen in the summer but that's my bad. But now we're here, live and direct. Sam, how you doing, man? Oh, my power just went out. Um, I did see you that. hear me fine. Sorry, it's my power good. just like completely went out. But well, that's <laughs> that's that's something. There you go. That's a little something. I'm doing great right now. Um, hopefully my Wi-Fi doesn't crash. I don't have power, so that's great. Uh, my fridge is probably off. But anyways, you know the power goes out. That's exactly how this podcast. It's it just lights out, man. Lights out, man. Our chemistry is lights out. That describes our podcast. So. Apologies for the bad lighting. Hopefully the power goes back on in a sec. Yeah, no worries. We're, we're good with or without it, man. But yeah, I wanted to get you on the podcast. As you see in the background, Warriors guy, Warriors fan from the Bay Area, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, I'm from the Bay Area. A few, uh, few minutes away from uh, 
their former home, Oracle Arena, about yeah. a 20-minute drive to Chase Center. So born and raised in the Bay, always great living there. Love it out there. Yeah, and that's great to hear because you, from 2014, 2015 on, like the amount of bandwagon Golden State Warriors fans that I've encountered in my life who just happened to start liking them exactly when Seth started winning MVPs and the Warriors went on their dynastic run. It's like a breath of fresh air to see someone actually from the Bay who I'd imagine is repping it their entire lives. Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun repping the Warriors. I've been there probably since maybe a little bit before they started making the playoffs. 2013 was that first year. That was a very fun run. That's the season where I went to my first game. And ever since then, man, it's just been glory for the Warriors besides maybe a few rough patches, but it's been great reading for the Warriors. I can't, I mean, you can't complain four championships. I mean, that's unheard of for a fan, I feel like. Yeah, so let's get into that, right? Unheard of is definitely the word I would describe, all right? So 2014-15, you guys break through, win your first title in however long. I forget the the number, but it was, it was it a was long 40 time. 40 years in 2015, since 1975. Yeah, 1975, so win your first title. Then you lose to LeBron. Me personally, I feel like it should be switched because I Me think too. Yeah, I, I think that with the LeBron James led team that first went to the finals, if Kyrie was healthy, you, they would have won. And I, I'm glad you think that too because I I've I don't always... think I don't necessarily know if they would have won, but I would rather it be switched just because I wanted 2016 so badly. Really? And oh, I wanted that so badly. You had 73 wins. They had 73 wins and they couldn't finish the job. It's still it still haunts me to this day. If I'm being completely honest, I wanted that championship so badly yeah and that would change history as far as we know because let's say they do win that final 73 73-9 season win the finals would Kevin Durant decide to come to that team had they won I think he would have still I think he was locked in on that team I feel like the Warriors were still going to push for him either way what the Warriors had was the bet his best shot at winning a championship which is obviously what he wanted he wanted to be with the best chance to win, have the best chance to win the championship, be with the best players in the league. So he would have chosen the 73-9 Warriors championship or not. That's interesting where you see that Kevin Durant, man, that that I remember it like it was yesterday, man. Oh, I my God. I fourth, the, the airwaves hit. Kevin Durant is going to the Golden State Warriors. And mind you, I was – Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, it, it's so funny now that they happen to be on Brooklyn Nets um, where I'm home from in New York, but – they were they were the reason I got into basketball. Honestly, as much as I do love the Celtics, man, it was just the ball handling wizardry of Kyrie Irving, the unstoppable shot making that Kevin Durant brought to the table that really got me into the game. So to see Kevin Durant leave to go to the Warriors, I was I was conflicted. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was very excited. I I don't think anyone <laughs> would disagree if you're a Warriors fan. Um, obviously, the rest of the NBA had different opinions. Obviously, I was elated. That 2016-17 team, team, I still think is one of, if not the greatest team ever assembled, oh definitely on yes. paper. Yes. Um, yeah, 100% easily. And 2018, I think it, it, the bench was a little less deep. The bench kept getting less deep as the years went on. And that's, I know Katie left, but that's kind of what led to the downfall of the Warriors. And that's why they had to rebuild. That's why they have players like Jordan Poole, like James Wiseman, like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, who I know they haven't been playing that much, but that's why those guys who had that, those younger guys got more minutes because they had, they, they had a very weak bench in 2019. That was one of the weakest benches I remember as a Warriors fan. It was really Iguodala and that's it. Yeah. Maybe you see a little bit of 
Quinn Cook, who wasn't really that great, but it helped the Warriors rebuild to get where this 2022 team is. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm taking a look at that roster real quick. You're right. The roster was definitely uh, bare compared to the Leandro uh, Barbosa days and the Mari Space days. Strength in numbers days. It wasn't the strength in numbers anymore. Yeah, you had like Jonas Jarebko, who I like. Um, You had guys like Boogie, Boogie Cousins, who definitely was a shell of himself. Quinn Cook, Jordan Bell, uh, Sean Livingston, who definitely wasn't in his prime anymore. I used to love Sean Livingston. Can we talk about... How he had the most unstoppable mid-range shot outside of Chris Paul in the NBA for like a good stretch. Like he was unstoppable in the mid-range. I always thought it was going in. Oh, absolutely. I loved it. His bench presence was unmatched. I remember game one of 2016, he went off and he had a fantastic game. Lots of mid-rangers, uh, mid-range, mid-range shots. If Steph ever needed a break, he can run the point. It was a fantastic fit in Golden State. Obviously retired after 2019, aged out, but Man, was he a great point guard. I wish I kind of wish I got to see him more. Um, if that injury with the Clippers never happened, I wonder oh, yeah. that I feel like that's a pretty big what if because I feel like he had a lot more explosiveness before then. Obviously, got older, so I saw him more with the Warriors. That's I'll always remember him as a Golden State Warrior. But what if that's always something I like to ask to myself? Yeah, you want to talk about what ifs, man? Okay, so let me get into it. Let's say you wanted the Warriors to win 2016. Okay, let's say they win 2016, Kevin Durant comes. You're talking about at least a three-peat, 2016, 17, 18. Haven't been done since Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Lakers. And you're talking about 2018, 2019. Of course, we couldn't anticipate the injuries that happened to Durant and Clay Thompson. We couldn't anticipate that. But potentially, let's say a what-if, right? A four-peat. Like, that that was a real possibility for this Warriors team because of how stacked they were, the coaching, and, of course, acquisition, acquisition of Kevin Durant, like, couldn't have been accounted for absolutely you could have been a 5p 15 16 17 18 19 right there that's i mean that's absolutely unheard of right there um but yeah i feel like 2019 you know that one doesn't haunt me as much as 2016 because you, you had the injuries i as soon as kd tore his achilles i knew the series was over mm-hmm. um i had a little bit of hope for game six but that just kind of fell off a cliff i kind of knew the warriors were losing but it is what it is. I mean, I'll take – I'll th- I mean, four championships still. The 2019 team, I think the fact that they lost and then KD left helped them get to this 2022 team. I don't know if this 2022 squad would be the same if they didn't win it in 2019. So hindsight's always 2020. A 5 Pete would have been nice, but I don't know where this team would have been if they won in 2019. Would KD have stayed? He might have stayed. I, I don't really know what the deal was with that. So I, I think he would know. have left. I think the tea leaves were kind of on the way. You, you saw the writing on the wall at that point, just with Draymond. Yeah, you kind of did. Yeah, after everything that happened with those guys, the incidents with Draymond Green over the time, and just KD wanted his own team. Like, yes, he came to the, to the Warriors for a championship, but Steph Curry will always be the guy in Golden State. Like, that would never change, no matter how, even if, you think Kevin Durant was the better player than Steph, which was debatable at the time, still is now. But at the end of the day, KD won his own team. So I think he would have left, win or lose, he would have left to Brooklyn, wherever he went, New York. It didn't really matter. He would have left. But I, I do want to bring up the fact, you said this 2022 squad wouldn't have happened. And that's something that people don't really take into consideration because after KD leaves, Clay gets hurt, Steph gets hurt, and then you're sitting with Jordan Poole and then a bunch of other G League type of players. They go 15 and 50 in the year 2019-2020 with Draymond essentially leading the helm of all these young guys. And then 
it, it sets up the future that they ultimately win the championship in 2021-2022. And now this year, although the season off the slow start, we'll get into that. Just the like you said, hindsight of 2020, man. And this Golden State Warriors looks loaded for the future. Absolutely. And I think now you have it's not it's not just this year. People are like, oh, the Warriors will probably be good for a little bit. They'll fall out. But no, off the bench, you have Poole, you have Kaminga. I know Kaminga has been getting some questionable DNPs, in my opinion. I feel like Jonathan Kaminga should be getting more minutes. Moses Moody can provide some stuff. Maybe Patrick Baldwin comes in at some point. You haven't seen much of him. He's been up and down in the G League. And then, obviously, James Wiseman has have been having a great season so far from what I've seen from him. And I, re- I, I think Looney is still the starting center. But I think Wiseman next year or sometime, maybe even sooner, he'll be taken over in that position in that position. Yeah, I don't I'm trying to think back in the history, like when I've seen a team that has went from like the highest of the heights to the lowest of the lows and now back to like championship and like such a span where it's like, yeah, like you mentioned before, you have like basically your whole bench unit is essentially just in waiting in the wings. For Steph to, to get older, Clay to get older, Draymond, who we'll get into a second. I think he's out of the door at this point after next season. But for sure, man, you know, Jonathan Kaminga, I love his game. I think he has the potential to be a special forward. You want to talk about two-way wings in the NBA now. He has the oh, athleticism, yeah. the defensive tools, all that really left it for him to build that offensive portfolio. And once he's there, sky's the limit. Jordan Poole, who, as a, as a Celtics fan, he annoyed the hell out of me in that finals, man, because he was doing whatever he wants to anybody. And we were one of the best defensive teams of all time, statistically. So to see Jordan Poole just dance on him, shoot, step back three pointers, and it goes in, like that's just, it, it was just wild to see. But all the love, all the respect to Jordan Poole. And then, like you said, Moses as well, Patrick Baldwin, like these guys are legit. Don't forget Wiseman either. Like these guys are very legit and set up for the next. 10 years which not many teams can say they've had this like dynastic type of resurgence very spurs like very spurs like yeah and you mentioned jordan Poole annoying the hell out of the celtics it's funny i remember watching game six the warriors are about to win jordan Poole misses one shot and austin austin barrack who was on the pod yeah. last week for dahani also a major celtics fan i forget the exact words but he texts me what lamau jordan Poole sucks he missed that shot and i'm like Oh no, he was just he was just sitting in his own tears. And I feel like that's what a lot of Celtics fans felt like in the finals. But yeah, the young core really coming out to play, not necessarily all the time, but you see the potential. You see the flashes of potential, and they're gonna have to be integrated in this lineup soon, which I think Steve Kerr doesn't do the best job at. He takes these guys development very slowly, a bit more slowly than I like. It took Poole what a solid three years to get to where he was. 2019, 2020 were not the best years for him. Or 2020, yeah, 2019, 2020, and then 2020, I should say. It's a bit confusing with the two-year seasons, I guess. But, um, coming, yeah, 2021, 2022 was his breakout year. Took him a while. Kaminga, this is year number, what, two for him? Hopefully, this yeah. is the breakout. Hopefully, if this can be the breakout year, that would be great. Ideally, next year, you got to have that breakout year. Same with Moses Moody. Patrick Baldwin, still a question mark. You haven't seen much action from him. We'll have to see where he goes from here. And the thing with this Golden State Warrior squad, right, you mentioned Poole, Kuminga, all these guys. The reason why they're not getting playing time is because you still have Steph Curry on the roster. You still have Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson. Like These guys are like the mentorship aspect. Like Jordan Poole will eventually be in that Steph role. Moses Moody will be in that Clay role. Kuminga, Wiggins, like 
all of these guys will fit seamlessly into the role because of the the tutelage that they're getting from Steve Kerr, the whole Warriors staff as a whole. So I think that's why Steve Kerr is mainly bringing these guys slowly along. Of course, I think Steph and Clay will probably be the two guys that are on this team the longest solely just because of their ability to shoot the ball. That's a skill that never goes away. We see we saw Ray Allen well into his late 30s with the Miami Heat team still able to produce at a high level. So when you add that, along with the fact that they, they're so young, right? Kumenga, I believe, what, 20, 21 years old? You have Jordan Poole. Yeah, he's... It's funny, Jonathan Kaminga is um, – my buddy from high school is older than Jonathan Kaminga. I'm a sophomore in college, just for, just for reference. And yeah. my friend, also a sophomore in college, is older than Jonathan Kaminga. That just sounds crazy to hear. Yeah, literally, Kaminga right now, he is 20, barely 20. I don't know when his birthday is. Barely 20. He turned 20, in, he turned 20 this month. Yeah, so there you go. You guys are super young. They have so much time to grow. And in a system where they influence ball movement, sharing the ball, and most importantly, they're going to gracefully age out Steph and Clay. And I want to get to Draymond now because just rewind for a little bit, the Draymond Green punched heard around the world on Jordan Poole. As a Warriors fan, what was your initial take on that? What did you think of it? You know, it was a bad look for Draymond, and I kind of knew where this was going. It wasn't really going to go anywhere because I know that the Warriors' leadership has been stellar, and that's one thing that this team is still together. It's just been stellar throughout the this entire dynasty. Curry obviously has great leadership. Clay, Draymond, I know he threw the punch, but he took a good. He, I mean, he stepped away from the team. He kind of looked back at it, was like, "Okay, I'm wrong. Let's move forward." And then they signed Pool to this extension which kind of surprised me with how early it came considering the punch. And at the same time, you also have Draymond still under contract for a lot of money for a few more years. I don't think anything is going to come of it Tahani. And so far, nothing has really come of it. I think it's, it's a bad look for Draymond. And I think he obviously understands that it's a bad look, but now I think, I think it, I think they're past that. I think they're focused on the season and that's where the Warriors should be right now. Yeah, and things like this happen, right? We we all understand, um, especially in the modern oh, yeah. modern day NBA. Um, you go back to the Last Dance, that documentary a while back. The the Bulls, six six time champion Bulls, they've had issues like these. Um, Kobe Shaq Lakers obviously had their feuds. The only team that really didn't have major feuds, and if anything, it went internal and very much kept inside with the Spurs. And the Spurs were a team model of consistency. Greg Popovich, the most low ego. 60 plus win team perennially like of all time right the Spurs are just a model organization and even now they're still trying to win games even though I think they should tank because they have the next generational guy Victor Wembanyama waiting for them essentially but what it comes down to is that like you said the leadership is intact um very much uh Steph Clay Dre they're gonna get statues when it's all said and done outside of um the new arena you have to think that Steve Kerr, one of the best coaches in the NBA, he'll still be there to right the ship. And ultimately, I think that, you know, the the punch was bad. Let's, let's be very clear. The punch was bad. The footage is even worse. But they're professionals at the end of the day, which is why I thought that although it was bad to see, and I'm sure internally it was like, oh, okay, what are we going to do? They knew that at the end of the day, they have jobs to do, and they're going to figure it out. And right now they're – not playing the best basketball, but they're playing together. They're seeing Jordan Poole, when he falls, Draymond's helping it up, them dabbing each other up during the game. So it, it looks good right now. It looks like they they mended it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a it's a it's a good team right now, and I think the chemistry is great. It's back to where it should be, and I think going forward, I don't think there's going to be too much issues down the line. Too many issues down the line, I should say. I think Draymond has learned from this. Obviously, the KD thing. I don't necessarily know if that drove him out of town. Um, and KD straight up said it didn't drive him out of town, but you never know um, if that's true or not. But I feel like I feel like it was more KD wanting his own team rather than I don't like Draymond Green. But overall, I think, yeah, I think they're going to move past that. I think the Warriors are going to be just fine. They have both guys for the next few years until whenever Draymond's contract ends, which I believe is two years from now, I want to say. I think it might be this year. If I'm, I'll double check. But either this I know Poole and Wiggins were the big free agents going into 20, the 2023 offseason. Yeah. And they both got extended. So I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. But what that's besides the fact i think overall the warriors have great chemistry and they're ready to move forward i agree i just checked draymond green he has a player option for next year 27 okay. million so will he, Which he will probably it? take because i don't think he's going to get paid more anywhere else he won't get paid anywhere else than the season after that first of all the luxury tax for the warriors oh my god it's going to be ridiculous and you like of doesn't care though <laughs> he doesn't care because they're winning championships of course but Man, mm-hmm. that, that's a lot of money. And let's get into oh, yeah. how they're playing this year, right? Um, three and two on the season, five games in so far, but defensively has been a, a concern. Top five offense, but defensively, bottom five defense, giving up 121.2 points per game. And it's not looking like Golden State Warrior defense. Um, Sam, what's going on with your team, man? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the, I mean, it's been a slow start for the Warriors. I believe right now, if I look at the schedule, we are two and two, I want to say, or two, three and two, excuse me, yeah. we beat the Heat last night. Um, I mean, to be fair, I your two losses came to two teams who the Phoenix, the Suns game was kind of bad. I felt like the Warriors could have done better. The Nuggets game, the Warriors had a nice comeback. And I honestly think the Nuggets could be one of, if not the best team in the West this season. I actually have them going to the NBA Finals, which I know is a hot take. But I think this Nuggets team is really good. Um, oh, they are, for sure. They absolutely are. And Phoenix is still good, too. They were the ones seed out West. Overall, um, I'm not – yeah, it's a bit interesting. The defense hasn't been as good as I've hoped it would be. 109, 128, 125 to Sacramento, mind you. 134, 110. I think the defense has to step it up a bit, and I think they're going to have a good chance to do that in this day of a road trip coming up, Charlotte, Detroit, Miami, Orlando, New Orleans. I think if they, if they can hold Charlotte, if they can hold Detroit, if they can hold Orlando, I will happily take that. Those are the three teams I think they'll have to hold, but looking at the Heat and the Pelicans, obviously those are two very good teams as well. I think I think you, you can be a bit more lenient with that, but obviously you'd like to hold them. The defense does need to step it up a bit, though. It's, it's, it's been a bit surprising why they haven't been stepping it up. I know Draymond has been having an okay start, um, in my opinion. So I think, I think he needs to step it up a little bit, but there's a lot going on that I think on the defensive side of the ball, they got to do a little bit better. Well, but as t- long as you win games, as long as the offense is doing well, as long as you're winning games, that's fine. It really comes the it's it's really in the playoffs where you really got to step up your defense. Yeah, uh, when you think about the young guys, like we mentioned before, um, young guys typically don't play defense in the NBA. That's something that you got to take into consideration. Of course, when you have veterans on the starting lineup, you hope that they can rub off on the young guys. But typically, you look at a team like Indiana, who's at the bottom of the league now, San Antonio, bottom of the league defensively, Orlando 
they're both they're all teams that don't play defense and Golden State not an exception. If you look over the last 10 years, going back to the 2013 Mark Jackson era, I'll, I'll give you the defensive rating starting 2012, 2013, 105.5, 102.6, 101.4. That was the first one their championship 2015, the 103.8, 104.0, 107.6, 109.5. Two years in the 110s, that was 2019, 2020, and 2020, 2021. And last year, 106.9 when they won the finals. So typically the formula for success for the Warriors, keeping them under 110 points per game. And usually that's a good sign of any team if they're holding their opponents in the 109s, I mean, 100s, 110 area of defense. So the Warriors definitely need to step it up. We all know their offense will be there when you have Steph Curry in the movement-based offense. But defensively, I think they need to step it up big time. Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm looking at the stats right now. I think it's a bit of a concern when I, I don't know if you're looking at stats right now, Dahani, but guess who the Warriors uh, defensive rebound leader is this season so far per game? Who is it? <laughs> it's Steph Curry. You know, I'm not surprised. Steph is a really good rebounder for his position. One of the best outside of maybe like Westbrook or something. He's one of the better rebounders at his size, at his position. That is. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm not undermining him, but I feel like guys like Draymond Green, James Wiseman, Kevon Looney should be stepping up a little bit. Oh, and the power went back on. Perfect. Glad go. to hear that. Um, lights flash blue in honor of the Warriors. So love to hear that uh, or see that, I should say. But also, yeah, I think this team's defense just needs to do a little bit better. Um, I mean, it hasn't it, it hasn't been great. Um, I don't know what their, their team ranking is for defense, but I think if the Warriors can step it up a little bit, they'll be able to hold those leads. Maybe the Denver game they can turn around um, and maybe be, maybe be a 4-1 team right now. That would be great, especially when you're looking at – it's so far the West, I mean the West is weird right now. You have the Utah the four and one Utah Jazz. Yeah, it's not the, gonna last. the three and two Spurs. I mean, we'll have to see how it all shapes up. But um, I mean, overall, I think yeah, defense just has to step it up a little bit if in order for this team to be on track. Well, like you said before, um, you have the Jazz at the top, Blazers who I don't know they might be legit. I like what they have. I like I like what the Blazers have. I don't know how far it's going to get them. Yeah, but I feel I feel like if I'm the Blazers, well, I really hope for the Blazers because I love Dame. I want oh, yeah. the, I want him to succeed so badly. What I kind of hope to happen is if they can make the play in, lose, and then maybe get some lottery luck. How great would that be? Oh yeah, definitely give give Dame one more. They have um Shaden Sharp, who I think could be the best player out of out of this last draft class. I think he's that special of a talent. Interesting. I think that's the talent, but I want to get into your take earlier. The Nuggets going to the play to the finals. That that's interesting. And yeah, that- I like I really like what this team has in Denver. I know Jokic has been Jokic has been the best center or one of the, one of the best players in basketball um in this in this era right now that we're in. They have a solid starting lineup with Jokic, Murray, Bowens Highland, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Aaron Gore. I mean, that's just a lot of guys. DeAndre Jordan can step in. I like what this team has right now. It's a deep team. They have some good talent off the bench. Uh, and Michael Porter Jr. is still not back. That's another big thing that a lot of people are forgetting. When he comes back, this team could be lethal. And I really like this team. I think the KCP trade that they made that was big. Um, that, that was, was big. a that was a big trade because I think they've they've been looking for a guy like Contavious Codwell Pope for a while. He's a perfect system fit for them. So I think him being on this team, you got rid of Will Barton, who obviously was on the 
He was on the team for a while, but Contavious Caldwell Pope is a better fit for this team. And I like what they have going in Denver. I think it, they're due. That's all I can say. They're just due. They are due for a title run. Um, you think about Nicole Jokic, two-time MVP, back-to-back MVP. Um, you also got to take into consideration Jamal Murray being back. When when last seen mm-hmm. healthy, I mean, he was training towards all-star status, essentially all-NBA third team, especially when you take into consideration the bubble. I mean, he was he was doing crazy type of things, shot making lights out lights out indeed. And I think that the Nuggets, they have a good shot. Um, they have some depth um, defensively. I'm a little concerned about what they bring to the table. And that's just because lowering the Nuggets defensively isn't their strong suit. They're very much an offense focused team, which, you know, you can only get so far in the playoffs. Um, a team that I think that might get out the West is Phoenix. People, I, I talked about this in one of my earlier podcasts in the week. People sort of wrote off Phoenix. Once they lost to Dallas in seven games, the ugly fashion in which they did, people were like, oh, Phoenix is done. But let's not forget the year before that, they went to the finals, six game with the Bucks. That past that year when they lost to Dallas, they were 64 and 18, by far the best record in the league, franchise record, 64 wins. And that's saying a lot considering the great team that the Phoenix Suns had including the Charles Barkley, Tom Chambers, Kevin Johnson days. that That's something. And then, the, of course, they lost some pieces. Um, JaVale McGee's over in Dallas. But this Phoenix Suns scene, man, Devin Booker averaging over 30 points per game this year. Chris Paul a little bit older, but he can still facilitate, run the floor. DeAndre Ayton's back. You still have Monty Williams as your coach. This team is still winning at least 55 games this year. The West can definitely still go through them. At the end of the day, I think it will go through them because they have the length defensively, they have the switchability, and more importantly, they're just a damn good basketball team with a damn good coach. I think they could easily go back to the finals and win it this year. Interesting. I I, I like what I, I do like this Phoenix team still. I think it was a bit unfair for people to write them off. It's the other thing that does concern me a little bit about Phoenix, which I think I was kind of saying they might not be back is just the West. I feel like the West is a lot better than it was last year. And if I pull up the teams real quick, look at the standings. I mean, I can name, I think you have Memphis, yep. Phoenix, New Orleans, Denver, Golden State. New Orleans State. is a surprise of the season. New Orleans is legitimate. Oh, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all by this. I think New Orleans, I think New Orleans coming into the season was easily a top 16. They have a deep team. Again, kind of like Denver. Deep. They have a deep team, great starting lineup. The McCollum trade really put them over the top. Yes. Um, and now Zion's back. I like the. I feel like people are just a bit surprised. Oh, New Orleans is doing well. They didn't have Zion last year. It makes sense that they're doing well now. And I think this New Orleans. Yeah, I think the Pelicans are a really good team, and they could surprise. I don't think they would surprise me, but they could surprise other people down the line, especially come playoff time. I think that definitely they're going to be a surprise. You also got Dallas in the mix. Clippers in the mix in the West. Like that, that's what I love about this season, man. There's so much parody. Like anybody can win the championship, and we haven't seen that in quite a long time. Sam, before I let you go, one more question for you. In the next 10 years, how many championships will the Warriors get? Oh, that's tough. I mean, I think I think the Warriors can win. I, I never want to say like how many do I think they'll win because like you never know. But I think if I have to say, I think we can get one more. I don't know. Over under. Over under is going to be one more. The over under will be one. And I don't know. I will also say, I don't know if that will be with Steph Curry. Hmm. Okay. 
I don't know if they're going to, I, I think I'm, I'm a very pessimistic fan when it comes to a lot of my teams, I will say. Um, but I think overall, I know Steph is great. I'd love to get one more with him, but the young core that the Warriors have tells me that this team could be contending for a long time and maybe down the line in like six, seven years when Curry's fizzled out of the league, then they can win another one. Wow. That's a hot take indeed. I think that the Warriors, man, such a good franchise, well-run organization, Steph Curry, arguably one of the best players in his generation, first ballot hall of famer, change the game as we know it. Greatest point guard of all time. Oh, wow. Okay. Do we got time for that? We got time, we got time for that. Do we got time I think, to go into that? <laughs> I, th- I will say it's it's close with Magic. I I think Curry, I mean, four championships, the greatest shooter. It's it's interesting how pe- – I've had this debate with so many people because people – I think when you talk about a player, I think Steph Curry is better. When you talk okay. about a true point guard, though, when you're talking about greatest point guard of all time, that's where it gets interesting. People okay. say Magic's a true point guard. My argument back is the game has changed. The game has changed. I know the point guard is still basically the facilitator. Curry does facilitate this Warriors team still. He's just also an offensive weapon. And I think they both play – they're both natural point guards for their era. And I think when comparing the players together, that's why I go Steph Curry. But I can – it's close. I I think you can see – I can see an argument for Magic Johnson. It is close. 100%. Both guys revolutionized the position at the time. Magic Johnson, right, being 6'9", he was way ahead of his time in terms of, like, the big point guards we see now, like a LeBron, despite him being listed at small forward, he's always been a point guard. Uh, Cade Cunningham, Luka Doncic. Magic started that way before his time. The showtime, the flashy passes, he, he brought it to the mm-hmm. limelight in the NBA from Michigan State. Steph Curry, on the other hand, he sort of revolutionized it in terms of the shooting. Be able to shoot from 30, 35 feet. Um, the motion offense that the Golden State Warriors have brought, three-point revolution. Like he brought all that to the table. Man, it, it's, it's it's a good argument, especially considering Steph. Now he has his finals MVP. That was sort of like the big thing for a long time. Four titles. I think that's I think that's one of the stupidest arguments ever. The the whole finals MVP. I think people only made it. that a big deal to try to ruin Steph's legacy. Because think of it, who who cared about finals MVP before 2017? I mean, it was an argument for a lot of people. I mean, like, when you talk about someone like a Tony Parker, right, who gets underrated by a lot in terms of his ability, what he was able to do for the Spurs, he won finals MVP in 07. That was a, a defining moment for him. Uh, go down the list, Paul Pierce getting one, uh, Kobe getting his two. Those, those like, the big thing in terms of the Shaq-Kobe feud. Like, oh, can Kobe really do it? Now he has his finals MVP. So finals MVP did matter, but... For Steph, he was so universally recognized as one of the best players. Um, he revolutionized the game. So getting that finals MVP was sort of like validation for the few that were hating. But, man, enough. Magic versus Steph. It's the I, tough argument. I don't blame you. I've gone, I've gone back and forth myself with this. And I, I I try not to get the bias – try not to let the bias get to me. But I, in, in a completely unbiased opinion, I think it's Steph Curry right now. I can give you Steph. I, I give all the, the numbers and statistics to say Magic Johnson as well. Just the, the winning percentage that he has over his career. One of the highest in NBA history. I think B highest. So I'll have to double check that. But Magic, consummate winner. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think I think both guys, I mean, two they're the they're top two, both of them. I think that's the end of the end of the day. Yeah. Both of them are top two. 
top two. I, I can rock with that. Sam, thank you so much for getting on the podcast with me. We're going to have you Absolutely. on more Thanks times. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, the NBA season just getting started. We're going to have you on way more times. You got to get into these hot takes like Steph versus Magic, whatever happens in the NBA happens. But thanks, thanks Sam, so much. And uh, take care, man. Absolutely. You too, man. Take care. Appreciate you having me on. Of course. And that's that for this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. I had a really good time with Sam. Just talking about NBA basketball is always great, but the Golden State Warriors from a fan perspective, as well as just a guy who wants to be a reporter, journalist, all of that type of stuff, gave us his insight as to what he thinks the Warriors are going to be. But that Steph versus Magic take got me, man. That Steph, that Steph versus Magic take got me. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, there's a debate for sure. Um, we might have to get back into that one later. I got to bring some stats to back that one up. Because ah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. Magic, Magic Johnson, Showtime Lakers. To dis- dispute him as the number one point guard of all time is like, wow. But, of course, Steph Curry is Steph. Revolutionize the game. All that other stuff. But that, that's what happens when you bring some guests on. You get different opinions. Going to keep doing that more. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you guys rate. Leave five stars. Leave a review if you guys want to. That will help as well. Um, share with family and friends. And next episode we got going on here, I will be recapping the games from Thursday night, October 27th, since I'm recording this on Friday, October 28th. I still haven't got those episodes out. So I'll get that episode out for you guys, post it, and we'll be good to go. Until next time, guys, take care.